Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, it's my great honor. My great honor. Always a uh, great time talking to Tim Hires, hitting coach of the Red Sox. Um, Tim, um, could you get out of Boston fast enough? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. It was, uh, you know, we, we learned a lot this year. I mean, it was, uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances, but it's, uh, you know, at the end, I thought the players were trying, you know, starting to get a handle of everything. But, uh, you know, we definitely uh, had our ups and downs. Give me a positive. Give me, like, we're here to build up, not tear down, right? Give me a positive, like you talk about, like, for instance, I could make the case that the alternative site offered some things that you might not get in a, in a regular minor league season, right? So as a hitting coach, give me a positive of something that at the end of the day, after you powered through this thing that you felt like, oh, that, that actually might at the end of the day be good, a good thing. Yeah, well, one thing, I mean, just, you know, you're talking about the alternate site, I think we were able to communicate really well with the uh, the hitting coaches on that side, with um, with Lance and uh, with Rich Gedman, and and we could you know stay abreast of what was going on and and help them work on some some uh, fundamentals and some game situations that could help them speed up their de- uh, development. And you know, off that, you look at Bobby Dahlback. I mean, he came on and toward the end and. You know, he got his work done. Uh, he made some corrections with his swing, came up to uh, the big leagues and, you know, uh, showed us uh, his power and was an exciting player for us. How much different was Dahlbeck by the time, um, I guess, he got going in the majors this year, or let's say by the end of the year, than he was in spring training even? I think he made some – me personally is uh, watching all factors. I, th- I thought he made some uh, – some dramatic uh, adjustments um, for the positive. Uh, you know, I think he was really, really streaky. He was uh, the swing and miss was, um, you know, was building up in spring training. I know he worked on some things and I think, it, you know, behind the scenes, maybe not so much cosmetically that you can see out front, but behind the scenes, the mental part of him preparing for a game, understanding his swing and growing in that nature, I thought he made huge strides. And, uh, yeah, and, and that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do, especially in, in this, you know, it's a weird thing, right? I mean, it's, and we can talk about all the positives because of the alternate site and everything else. It's still a very strange thing, especially, you know, you, I, you know, I've talked to guys, I think, who, who have played and said, I can't imagine making my major league debut where you come out of the tunnel and it's like the sad trombone, there's no fans, right? I, I felt bad for some players. I, I really did. As you know, I go back to my experience and, you know, playing in front of your family and friends and then, you know, you make your major league debut and, you know, it's uh, cardboard cutouts that, you know, you're playing in front of. So uh, that, you know, me personally, you know, is, you know, I know how hard they work. I know what they put into it. I know, you know, just kind of a dream come true. And for it to end up that way, I'm sure, you know, they didn't expect that. So uh, they'll get their day. We'll get fans back into the stands. But that was, to me, that was a bummer for some of the players, yeah, I mean, especially it, the young guys. Yeah. it's um, So Dahlbeck aside, because he's an obvious one, but give me somebody you felt in the two months or two and a half months that improved the most from day one to day uh, – day one to game 60. Right. I mean, a, a shock and a guy who just put things together is uh, Paul Ecke. 
I mean, coming in, I mean, he wasn't known, you know, possibly for his bat and to come in from day one and really put, I mean, from spring training and, you know, we had the layoff and then uh, starting back, he didn't miss a beat. I mean, he was so consistent in batting practice, so consistent in, uh, you know, the situations he had to come in. Because, you know, not playing every day is not easy. And to maintain your swing and, I mean, to me, that was a positive. and another one was Mitch Moreland that came in and was consistently good from the very beginning. And I know, you know, the time off, you know, I know it was documented how he puts work in and, his, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, his environment he had, I think in his, the cages he had in the workout area, he was working hard and, and I mean, he had a tremendous year for us and just consistent. He's always been good, but I thought last year he was consistently uh, effective for us and gave us some some great abs, uh, you know, throughout uh, each uh, at bat. Um, yeah, Pilar was a nice addition. You yeah, know, he had a few ups and downs, but uh, uh, the the part the the goal we wanted for Pilar was to get on base more. You knew that he was going to give you good defense. You knew he was going to give uh, hit some homers for us, but uh, he needed to walk. He needed to get on base, and uh, he he made some of those adjustments. I thought was uh, very effective for our team. Well, you know. Tim, we focus a lot about the pitchers, about this dynamic of how baseball, like we use Pavetta, for instance, and, and, and about you get this guy from the organization. If we tweak this and we tweak that and we do this and we do that, it, it's going to change because we, whether it's analytics, and sometimes it does, right? We hear that more about pitchers than we do hitters. And you just named two guys, and Pilar and Ploiecki, right? So is it that the same sort of mentality? It doesn't always work. I get it. And you're not saying that nobody's saying that our organization is smarter than the previous organization, but you do must get guys. You say, I think if we do this or that, it's going to sort of translate into something a little bit better. Right? Absolutely. I mean, you named it. It's, it's not just to let them come aboard. Okay. And just, uh, you know, just play it. What is the one thing? What's that one goal? Cause you can't do too much because then you mess the player up. And obviously we brought them aboard for a reason. I mean, obviously we like them. But what's the one thing that can help this player take one step forward or help the team? And I think that was for Pilar, hey, be yourself, be aggressive. We don't want to kill any of that, but we want you to be a little more selective to what you're swinging at. Because if you get on base a little bit more, that it's, it's going to help you out and help the team out. You know, he can drive the ball. He's going to get his hits. He's a competitor. He's aggressive, but if he if the goal was if he laid off a couple of change-ups, like he didn't hit change-ups very well. He hit sliders really well, and they fed him a lot of change-ups, you know, uh, especially with two strikes. He set his sights a little higher. Uh, I give my assistant a lot of credit, uh, Pete Fatse. He did a really good job with him. They have a great uh, relationship of understanding and walking through some of the things that can help him be a better player. And I know it seems simple, and – but, you know, you don't want to overcomplicate, but what is the thing that can help this player? And uh, you're, you nailed it. That's exactly what our job is when bringing on uh, players, you know, from the free agent market or from trades. Well, Ploiecki is a, a good example there. You, um, like you say, uh, listen, we saw it. He was a good hitter, right? He had a good year. Sure. But at the same time, it's the back of the baseball card thing, right? Sure. All right, so we have to go into the next year with a little bit of a skeptical eye. Do you feel like this guy had, had found something substantial enough where you say, we understand you're a defense first catcher or you're sure. perceived that way, but because of you did this and this, 
that we think that you actually are going to be more of the player that you showed in 2020. Yes, I personally believe that. He, he made some adjustments coming in, and he was so excited about it and confident. And that's where, you know, talking to the player and, and seeing him repeat it day in and day out, he found his groove. He found something that worked for him. And if you, if you, if you talk to Kevin, he, was, he had made a lot of mistakes in the past, some young mistakes. It's all young you know, players. And he said, I've matured. I've understand that, you know, there's certain things that I used to chase and I don't chase anymore meaning, you know, some stats and some, you know, some things in that area instead of being who I am. And then he made a, a, a little adjustment to his stance. He opened up a little bit to give himself uh, some uh, room and we call it space for his hands to work, to be able to have a straight path to the ball. And he has great hand eye. So that, you know, he didn't need to improve that. And so those couple of things, I think clicked for him. And I think gaining the confidence and seeing it work from, from the first game to the last game, I think we, uh, I think he, uh, he can continue to, you know, have that same progression. I'm going to give you a couple other guys who are along the lines of what we're talking about. Jairo Munez and Christian Arroyo. Okay. We'll start with Jairo first um, because I've been trying to tie myself in the knots and comparing to Randy Arrezarena because he was uh, basically classified in that, in the St. Louis system, right with Randy, you know, right there. And what we saw from, Gyro was pretty impressive. Uh, when you got him to like when you actually saw him and then saw him progress before he, he had a little bit of an injury thing at the end, like what was your, what's your take on him? Is this a guy, is, are we, what I'm saying is, are we seeing, um, I'm putting the Resurrena thing is, is too much, but are we seeing sort of the budding of a guy who's fairly young that you, you think might be ready to take off here? Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Um, it, he has the ingredients. And to me, as a hitting, co a hitting coach, it's what he swings at. He's a very aggressive hitter, and he can put bat to ball. But can he, as they make adjustments to him, the league, and they see what he can and what he can't do, can he make those adjustments to be consistent? Because we just talk around the cages as it's surviving to me. It's like survive the day, survive the week, survive for certain pitchers that you don't match up very well with. Can he make those adjustments? And that's what we're trying to work with him. And that's part of our responsibility with him to help him see some of the things that there are other teams are doing to him. But talent-wise, he has the talent to hit. He's got bat speed. He's got bat-to-ball skills. He's aggressive. He, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got a lot of things you like, but can he put those things together consistently day in and day out? You know, the jury's I mean, that's, out. That's I, the story, like right? That's, that's, that's the Resurena story too. I mean, it's, it sure is. it's not unique to, to him. No, I mean, you look at the World Series right now. I mean, the pitches that he's laying off of, he's getting pitches in, in his zone, and wow, he's doing damage with it. So that's – I know that's the key to all hitters. But it's still, he has talent to, to impact the game. And that's what we're looking for. And, you know, he was a pleasant surprise uh, to be that consistent for the times that he played. And I'm excited for him. And how about Arroyo? I, I like what I see. I, I, very intelligent hitter. And what I mean by that is when we put our game plans together, he sees things. He was talking the game. He, was, he would pick up stuff from the opposing pitchers. Um, he likes that part. Uh, we would go over the, the, the uh, kind of the pitcher reports and he was, he could recall a lot of information that he has had from the past or heard from other players. And so uh, very attuned to that. And I, uh, 
I, he's a very smart guy, and uh, he's a guy that came on and you know he uh, he did he did really well for us. Uh, I'm I'm excited for him. And but there again, it's the league always adjusts to you, mm-hmm. and especially the guys that you know are not that everyday role. And when you take off, they go the league's like, whoa, hold on a second, what do we have here? Where where are we missing the boat? What do we've got to do? To, uh, to knock him off and to slow him down. And as a hitter in the major leagues, you have to make those adjustments and be aware of that. Because if you just stick to one plan and I'm just going to bully my way through it, most of the time it doesn't work for you. Well, you know, there's a couple of examples, Devers being one, right? Yes. I mean, Devers is like, we thought, it's funny because we think, oh, no, he's, he had his time where he was chasing the high fastballs, that's come and gone, he's on his way. And then we get to this year and like, well, wait a second. Like, he, he has some more adjustments to make. I mean, that must have been tra- interesting to you um, to watch sort of his evolution this year. When we thought the evolution was – I don't want to say the evolution was done, but we put cart before the horse a lot with young, talented players. But this must have been an interesting year for you for Devers, right? It sure is. But you, you're, you're right. A lot of times we jump – you know, to those conclusions, which is fine. That's why I, I do it. I'd love to talk players and I, I like to see the good in players. And, and I like to talk to people who like players and we like to, to pick those things up. But on the other end, this game is, you know, there's a lot of uh, adjustability that has to be made from day to day and the other teams and their scouting reports and what technology brings and how they see you they see the red flags, they see the weaknesses, and it is fast in the major leagues this day and age. And I mean, really fast. You step, you go from AAA and you step one day in the big leagues and they know you. I mean, it's already back in the day, you know, eight, 10 years ago, it was, you know, it took two or three weeks for them to figure you out. Now it's one day and they already have the information. So for Devers, you know, it's, he was connecting. He had, you know, he, you know, last year was unreal. Uh, this year, you know, it just kind of felt like he thought he could bully his way through the league a little. And the league was like, no, we're not going to just throw cookies down the middle to you. We're going to make you have an at-bat. Or can you be patient? Can you lay off certain pitches? And I just felt, you know, Devers this year thought, you know, hey, I'm just going to pick up and swing at everything. And, and because he's got incredible bat-to-ball bat skills. I mean, you, you see some of the pitches that he – he puts in play at his back foot, and he, uh, he hits a line drive over the first baseman's head. So he has that. And it's very tough on a coach, the hitting coaches, because you don't want to tame him too much and, and, and smother his aggressive strengths. But on the other side is you've got to pay attention a little more of what the opposing team is doing and not fall into the traps that they're laying right in front of you. So it's – for a player like that, you know, you, we want him to be aggressive, but also we have to pull him back a lot. Do you feel that's, like by the, by, by the end of the year, did you feel like he had gotten to a much better place? Yes, yeah. I, did. I, I really did. He was, um, you know, he corrected a few things in his swing. And so for Devers, it's if he's fouling a lot of pitches off, that's when I know that something's wrong. It's either he's swinging and expanding the, because he's fouling them off or there's that little – length in his swing when his effort he gets a little bigger and he loses the barrel and back and so and what happens now he's having to fight with two strikes a lot more often but when he puts the ball in play and ends the at bat when he should end the at bat you know they throw him a nice little two seamer out over the plate and instead of fouling that pitch off he puts it in play and puts it in play hard he should end the at bat there 
when he runs into trouble is when he fouls it off. And then they throw him one up and in. He fouls it. So now he's behind. And that's where, he, you know, that's not his strength. You've seen a lot of hitters. You've, you've been around a while, and uh, you've had a lot of success. Have you ever been more befuddled than J.D. Martinez this year? No. I mean, <laughs> not really. And, and Man, I, because I, you know, because this, is, this is this – is, this is, sorry to interrupt, but this isn't a guy – you just mentioned Devers. Devers tried to power his way through the league. Like, J.D. isn't going to try to power his way through the league, right? right Every right. single minute is going to be trying to figure this out. Yes. I mean, you know, J.D.'s resume is a lot deeper and a lot longer than a Devers. I mean, Devers is still a young man that's still learning. I mean, this game is, is not easy, and he's still, you know, on that learning curve to me, where J.D. is a guy that's he's been around the block. And, and uh, so, yes, it was frustrating, but, you know, I, I just toward the end, uh, it was just a mechanical part of his swing. He was just losing his hips, and he could not maintain his lower half. And – and we all know JD is a uh, he's a habit guy. He's a feel guy. You know things have to be moving in that right direction. And then when he has that confidence and he knows where his swing should be at, and when he knows and he feels it, watch out. And he was just chasing it the entire time, and we could not find. You know the I'll just keep it in simple terms: his backside, the strength part of his swing. This is called the back hip. It was just so out of sequence and, and underneath him that is just a lot of swing and miss and miss hits and balls that like he should put in play. So that was very frustrating. He worked his butt off. It wasn't because of lack of effort. It wasn't, I mean, we worked so hard uh, to make those adjustments, but it, I felt it click, you know, at the end when it was obviously uh, very late. It seems weird though. It seems weird that like you can identify that, right? Yeah, like that's one thing, and and I'm not saying it was just you know a hundred percent one thing, but like you said, the majority of it is one thing, and this guy is clearly in tune with his body, and yet he still can't like do it. I know <laughs> it's weird. I mean, you must it. have seen I mean, this you, before. You have, you have to know JD is he, he's like when he doesn't feel it, that confidence level is so far down for him because he knows where he should be at. And it, it's not a self-doubt. It's just like, I know I should be here. And sometimes he can't get out, get out of that. And so it messes with him in a lot of different ways. And he loses the focus of the baseball. And now he's chasing pitches. And it's just a lot of uh, when he doesn't feel that right swing, a lot of things spiral for him. Um, but, yes, I mean, we, we watched video and watched and watched. And, and we did pick up on things, but it was like how to make this correction because he would work hard in batting practice in his work, and he'd have it. He's like, okay, I'm going to get it. And as soon as the lights were turned on and he stepped in between the lines, he just went back to the, the kind of a bad habit. And then it was he was kind of searching from there. But, but I, I really, really believe that he's, he's going to have a good year next year. Um, he's uh, – he knows the things he needs to work on. I think he's going to come in in tip-top shape and be ready to uh, get this year behind him. So a guy uh, who – another guy you've had great success with is on TV this week is Mookie Betts, sure. you know. And um, I find it – I would imagine you've been watching the World Series or are you just – Yes. Are you no, like – we had Steve Pierce the other, on the, the other day and he's like, I can't. I can't watch anything. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, but you're right in the middle of it still. Um, so I have not taken the time to juxtapose Mookie's stance against 2018. 
but I feel like it's different. Yeah. It looks more erect to me, a little, little, uh, a little more erect. Um, I mean, you've seen different versions of his stance as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. so what's, when you see, when you watch him, does anything jump out at you? The, kind of the same thing you said. It looks a little taller, a little more narrow. Um, and some of the things that we would fight is when he would get too narrow, he's got further to go with a stride foot, which adds some length to a swing. And, you know, sometimes he's a, a little off there. But, but yes, that's the same thing I see is it looks a little tall, so he's got further to go to get to contact. Okay. But it's, it's, it must be nice to hear people say he's the best player in baseball. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, but, you know, he's such a great guy, too. I mean, he's, he's so easy to pull for because, you know, just had a lot of history with him. I saw him when he was in high school and saw him when, uh, you know, he stepped into the minor leagues. Where did you see him in high school? Uh, well, I, I scouted for a number of years before I became a hitting coach. Okay. And so I saw him in one of the major showcases. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Like I said that's a nice-looking um, five-foot-six second baseman. Yes. I, I, I'll never forget because, you know, you have a priority list of names and you know he wasn't in my area you know obviously he was in Tennessee and I was in Georgia it was a major event and he was kind of a priority list so his name was highlighted like to keep an eye out on him so I would watch and to see him and I just saw the most active player I saw a guy square up a lot of balls I mean obviously I don't think anybody could project the power he was going to have at that time but he hit balls hard and he was always bang bang to first base and when he did get hits it was this guy was still in second base and you know you know, a bloop single here, and he was scoring. He was always, you know, sliding everywhere, and it was like you couldn't take your eyes off of him because he made things happen. And so that's what I my first impression of Mookie. How, how much, since going back to that 2018, how much has hitting changed? Like, you know, we talk, you know, the launch angle and this and that, and but you know, this stuff is changing week to week, month to month, year to year. Um, how much has it changed in two years? It's changed a lot, and we're still so far behind because, I mean, you see what pitching's doing to us, us hitters. I mean, the batting average is going down, and we, we got rid of the, pitch, uh, the pitchers hitting and added the, the uh, DH. Yeah. And the major league batting average went, still went down. And yeah. so, I mean, pitching, and, you know, and I'm not trying to use this as an excuse, but they do a really good job identifying guys that have unique stuff in many different ways, as you see the rays with all the different angles, but the flight of the baseball is, is unique with different pitchers also. And scouting is doing a really good job of picking those guys out. They're doing a really good job of conditioning pitchers because you see the velos, just watch the World Series. We're having starters throw 100 miles an hour now. Um, and they do a really good job of understanding where hitters' weaknesses are at. So we've got to do a better job. And I, I feel at blame also of, preparing our hitters and finding a way to combat that. And so we've got a lot of work to do, you know, but it has changed a lot in the last couple of years of players, their movements and understanding how to try to combat some of what pitchers are doing to us. Well, you talk about that. And, you know, I think it was a game. It was the last world series game. Adamas was up and they're shifting. Um, I think it was him and they're shifting him. And like, it's like, I think it was first and third and all he has to do, all he has to do is just find a way to hit some sort of contact the other way, which was bunt, just check swing, anything. And obviously it didn't work out for him. The, you know, the shift worked. Do you think that like this will, we've been hearing about this for the last few years, right? 
there's going to be more bunts. There's going to, they're going to start teaching guys to go the other way against these shifts. But yet we're sort of still not seeing. We saw a little bit more maybe this year, right? But mm -hmm. what, what's your take on that? Great question. Uh, again, us coaches have got to figure a way to help players uh, combat that and work on that type of stuff. Um, in the past, they haven't had to do it. You know, I'm just saying like three or four years from uh, when they were when they were being developed in the minor leagues, it was hit first. Now that the positioning has caused another, you know, taking away about or taking away hits. Now, it's not easy when you've got a, you know, let's say you're a right-handed hitter and facing a right-handed pitcher and he's throwing 97-mile-an-hour two-seamers. That's right. Running well, that was, that's, that was the case. Dustin Bay is like, you know, throwing 101-mile-an-hour sinkers into you. So, I get yeah, it. Right? So, but, but the, you know, I think there's a the big question mark here is, yes, knowing your situation. Now, first testimate, you maybe take one chance. If you got a ball out away from you, shoot the hole. We have to help players understand the value in that and when to take those chances. Now, there's other pitchers out there that it's a lot easier to do it, and they don't do it. They don't take advantage of the hole over there. So I, I think us coaches have to create value for players and help them understand why that is so valuable for, obviously, the team, but all, obviously for them and how that is winning baseball. And, you know, in their mind, they want to help the team win by hitting the double off the wall and scoring two runs. And so – I think you'll see more of it. Um, I hope you do as a, as a part of the Red Sox. I hope we do it more and more each Well, year. I think you guys, I mean, Jackie bunted a little bit more. I think mm -hmm. Moreland tried bunting a few times, right? I mean, you tried sure. doing a little – it seemed off the top of my head. I think yeah. that you seemed like you did. We do. And, 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 to, and I'm, sometimes I'm as frustrated as, as fans in the games that, you know, you see it so obvious. But also sometimes when you're in the batter's box, Players just – they don't want to give up. It's so hard to hit as it is. They don't want to give up certain pitches to even take that chance. And they feel like that's something they're not comfortable doing. So why do something you're not comfortable doing when you stick to what you're best at doing? Uh, but that's where we've got to – you know, I know that's a goal of ours, you know, for me personally. Uh, next year in spring training is working on, on a lot of the, those situations – and helping players identify when to do it, how, and, you know, uh, how does it help the team win and, and, and create value for them also. Uh, you've been very generous with your time. Just a couple quick questions, if I could. Um, uh, Verdugo has ended up being the leadoff hitter. Um, you know, uh, you know, I don't even going to ask you about Benintendi because I just feel like sort of Benintendi, it was just such an incomplete picture. I mean, it was just, I mean, we're talking about 10 games. It was then an injury. It's just such an incomplete pitcher. We get it. You know, he'll come back and try to be the same guy. Um, but Verdugo, like, you know, there, was, there wasn't a logical or seemingly illogical leadoff hitting. Verdugo sort of fit that a little bit. Do you feel like he can be that guy? Um, or is this sort of path of least resistance? You know, this is the best that we have. I think it's the best we had. He, he can fit that role. He can absolutely fit the role because he gets on base, but probably not his his best strength in the order, um, you know. And I think you know he's still a young player. We'll we'll find out you know where that fits in, but uh, probably not you know the ideal spot for him. Okay. But to give him credit, he jumped in there and took charge and did an incredible job for us in that spot. But you know, I think you would like to see a guy that you know could get on base for 
the, the Verdugo type hitter that's, you know, he's going to hit a lot of doubles in Fenway and, and hit his fair share of home runs and put the ball in play and drive into runs. So uh, he, I, I hope the uh, Red Sox nation kind of sees this, this guy can hit. He, this, yeah. He's yeah. A, he's Listen, yeah. This is, this isn't the, you know, I think that people, and that was one of the good positive things for the Red Sox for you guys to come out of this, which yeah. was, I think people got a chance to see Verdugo play. And, and that, was, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, no, I was just going to say, it's, the Mookie thing's never going to go away. You know, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's going to be more about, and you don't have to respond to this, but more about Jeter Downs and Bruce Gratterall than, than Alex Verdugo. Verdugo is sort of is proving himself. But uh, they get a chance to see him play. Anyway. Yes, he's, he's a good hitter. And um, it's, uh, I, I think the time off was, was so beneficial to him to, get, to help him heal. Because he would not have started the season out with us and been trying to play catch up, and it gave him time to heal and give him credit. He worked hard and uh, got the back strong, and then that time, you know, it was a couple of weeks of the second spring training to get his timing back, and he was ready to go. The last thing is, um, just you, you guys must have been happy to have uh, the majority of the coaching staff come back. I mean, I know there was a couple of guys who aren't coming back, but the majority of coaching staff is coming back. And um, is there that sense of just get us to some normalcy and we can get back to like what we were doing before with, with, you know, showing, you know, obviously there's some new guys, there were some new guys who I would imagine want to prove themselves even more than anybody, mm-hmm. but was there that sort of relief? Like, Hey, you know, we're going to have the core group of guys back right now anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think the players are comfortable with the with the coaching staff and and great group of guys that obviously have, you know, proven themselves. And, you know, and, and the fun thing and the best thing about going to work with the coaching staff is they put players first and they love players and love going to work every day to try to help them get better. Uh, and I think you saw it as the chips were down this year and things were so hard is we still had the agenda of helping the players get better every day. And not making excuses, we go out there and let's get our job done. So that's the best part of, about our, our staff and, and the character of the guys that we have. They're, 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 they're a lot of fun to work with. All right. Well, Tim, you, uh, you won't say it, but I'll say it. You have an enormous, enormous impact on one of the teams that are still playing right now, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I know that you, uh, I would imagine you were rooting for a lot of those guys who you came up with and you really helped. So. Um, so I hope that, um, you know, it's been a tough year. 2020 has been a tough year. But that's a, probably a small little piece of the pie that's, you know, a feather in your cap. So Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, there's some really good guys. And, you know, you, we were a part of it. You know, some of the history, you know, some of their ups and downs, some of the struggles they went through, and now they're seeing some of the successes. And I, I, that's fun for me as a coach to grind through some of those difficult times. And maybe, maybe you know, you had a little – piece of uh, the part to help them uh, overcome. And Max, that's make- amazing. You were the one that taught Matt, M- Max Muncy's um, uh, bat flip. <laughs> no, no, I'm not good at the bat flip. I'm not good at that. He definitely has a good one. He, uh, you, never had, you, you, you never had a bat flip ever? I, don't, I, I barely even hit homer. So when I hit a homer, I was watching it and just hoping it would go out, hoping to pray it would they go out. They still would have shifted on you, though, right? I mean, that's they, – they, they probably would have, but I guarantee you I could have uh, – I would have hit the ball opposite field a lot more. You would have bunted, yeah. 
Uh, well, I, again, I appreciate you taking so much time, and, and it's always good to see you and hear from you, and um, and hopefully talk to you and see you soon. Yeah, anytime, Rob. You do a great job. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be with you.